H12, what's up? So I know a lot of you guys are like, who is this guy? I'm sure I've seen him before, but I don't know anything about him. Well, guys, my name is uh, Travis Woolard, and I, thank you, thank you, thank you, Stuart. I'll pay you later. So my name is Travis, and I uh, am the pastor over uh, worship and spiritual formation here for, uh, for H12. And so I get to be here every week, but just not on the stage all the time. And so I, I love the moment that we just came out of. There, is, there are a few things better than watching you guys worship and watching you understand it. And even this is, if this is like one of your first times to church, and if you're a new, a new visitor to H12, to 12 Stone, I want to welcome you. That is something that is an incredible experience that I hope that you learn about um, the more that you show up that you understand why we do that, why we worship, why we celebrate who God is and what he's done. And hopefully tonight you get to learn a little bit foundationally about who we are as well. And so, like I said, my name is Travis. Um, and just so you know a little bit more about me, um, here's a picture of me and my wife, Jacqueline. Um, she is a... I'll tell you what, guys, if you can play a guitar, you're going to marry out of your league. So go for it. Um, so my wife is a cheerleading coach down in Newton County, um, and so it's awesome. And here's our two children. Um, yeah, you can see they're adopted. So um, yeah, those are our two boxers, uh, Figaro, who's the black and white one, and De La Hoya, who is the brown one. Um, that's because he's a boxer, De La Hoya, you get it? Um, well, I am excited to be here with you guys tonight because we get to start a brand new series uh, that is, that, is really, that is really foundational, like I said, to who we are as a church. Um, and, and I believe that this is something that is foundational to who, who and what your life looks like um, as you start knowing God more and as you start understanding who he is more. And so we started this series tonight called Home Run Life. It's a four-week conversation um, where we, let, we, we ask the question, um, what would it look like if if my life followed the pattern that God has set for us. There's a pattern that the world would say, this is the pattern to gain success. This is the pattern to gain notoriety. This is the pattern to have a good life. And we could probably, uh, we could probably look at that and kind of understand and kind of know what that is. But there is a pattern that is written in scripture that God has laid out for us that, is, that opens us to his blessing, that opens us to having him in every facet of our life. And so I kind of drew it a little bit earlier, and you can see we're in Home Run Life. I'll make sure everybody can see it. And it resembles a baseball diamond. And so baseball, you start at home plate, which is tonight. We're going to talk about how you connect with your creator and winning, winning dependence on God. And so then you go to first base, and that's your character, that's who you are on the inside, and that's uh, the battle of winning within. And then we've got second base, which is community, and winning with others, winning in your relationships. Don't worry, we're not gonna have the same talk we had last week, but maybe there's some similarities in how you win in your relationships, you win in the community, the people that you surround yourself. And then there's third base, which is winning in competence, winning results, being successful, having, uh, having a life that you would believe uh, is accumulating things, is having fame, is having money, is having followers, is having uh, these type of things. That is one way that we would probably define success. But the question that we'll look at through this series is, is what's God's plan for that? Because the world has a definite plan, but what's God's plan for that? 
And this pattern uh, in, in the Bible is based out of Romans 12. So the first thing we're going to do tonight is I'm going to have you open up your Bible. So page 1137, we're going to look at Romans 12, verse 1. Page 1137. I love this verse. This is, this is, like, this is one of my life verses um, because I feel that it's so, so, so heavy. But it really is a great design for, for how God has, has designed us to live. And, and it says in Romans, verse 12, or Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So in other words, the pattern that the world would have for you, that we'll talk about in a little bit, but the pattern that the world would have you, um, it, wants, it, 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 it wants you to follow a certain way to attain what they would think or what the world would call a perfect life. But God's pattern says do not conform to that. Do not, do not go that route because that route leads to destruction. That route, that route leads to hollowness. That leads to brokenness. And so God's laid out, he's saying that I'm going to set up a pattern for you. And so you have to learn and you have to, you, have to, you have to see things differently through the filter of God and be transformed by his power, by who he is. And so we use this visualization in this series of the baseball diamond. So baseball's like a month away. Who's excited for baseball season? Who, who believes that the Braves will do something this year? We got one guy. That's tough. That's tough. So, all right, how about this? Who, who grew up, who's, who's played baseball, like Little League Baseball? You play in high school right now? You want to play in college? Uh, I, I love baseball. Baseball is, is America's pastime, even though it takes like five hours to watch a game. It's, it's tough. But baseball, there's something just classic about baseball, like going to the baseball uh, stadium, grabbing a hot dog, grabbing some popcorn, drinking a Coca-Cola, and you know, singing the national anthem, the 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 opera guy singing uh, during the seventh inning stretch. If you go to Braves games, like there are some things that are just they feel that makes baseball feel wholesome. Maybe in a world that isn't so wholesome. But I I played baseball all the way up through high school. So until you know, when I was hitting off of a tee, all the way up through base, uh, all the way up through high school, I played baseball. And I and I would like to think that I was pretty good, um, but I didn't start that way. You know, I started uh, in my t-ball years and in my early years as the guy who would always get stuck in right field. And if you know about baseball, that's the place that you don't want to... That means you're pretty bad. Get stuck in right field. I was the guy who would strike out more often than he would get a hit. Um, I was the kid who would split his pants bending over to get a <laughs> grounder. Um, that actually happened. Uh, no, I don't have video of it. Uh, but I stuck with it. And I practiced and I got better and I got to a, I got to a place where I felt like, man, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I got a different pant size, like things are looking up for me in my baseball career. But we all start, whatever we're doing, if it's baseball, whatever it is, we all start at a place where we don't quite know what we're doing. We don't quite know the rules. We're figuring it out. And it usually happens when you're really young and immature. And so when I was young and when I played baseball, um, I probably looked like this kid when he started playing baseball. So watch this video. Chase, where are you running? 
Second base. All right. Where are you running? Pay attention, Natalie. First base. All right, you're up. Go ahead. Nice hit. Go, 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 buddy. Go. First base, Braxton. First base. Braxton. First base. Braxton. We've been practicing all week. <laughs> Are there any moms in this room? How many, how many parents, leaders, you've been to that where you just, we've been practicing all week. It's okay. You'll get there at some point where you just feel totally defeated. Braxton. Ugh. So you see what's funny about that is that it's funny to watch that happen, and it's kind of cute and it's kind of innocent when you're four years old and you're hitting off a baseball tee and you're running to the wrong place because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know the rules. Now, let's fast forward and say that you were in high school and you get a hit and you run aimlessly like Braxton. It stops being cute and it starts being embarrassing because You've, you've learned the rules. You've started taking on the, uh, the, the, the roles and, and the, the, the parameters of what the baseball game is supposed to have. And so just like baseball, it has a pattern for how you run the bases. It has a pattern for the rules. It has a way that you accomplish your first, second, third home, you score a run. You strike out, you go sit down on the bench. It's got ways that you can do the game. And so we believe here at the church here at 12 Stone that God has given us a pattern very similar in layout to how the game of baseball is. But it all starts, just like baseball, it starts at home plate. So think about it. There are four bases, but everything begins and ends at home plate. All the bases and uh, in between, they're accomplished by what you do at home plate. You're never going to get to the next base unless you accomplish something at home plate. And so that's what we know about baseball, and it's simple. If you skip or you miss a base, you're out. But there is always hope about baseball. The cool thing about baseball is that you can be like 30% as a batter, and you're an all-star. If you do 30% of your homework, you're not an all-star. You're repeating that grade the next year. So baseball is awesome. But we start tonight at home plate, where the key word for tonight is connect. What we're looking at is the bottom line, home plate is to connect with your creator. And so I think that's actually the first uh, blank that you can fill out on your notes. So if you have God's best life for you, if you want to have it, it starts with him. And so we're not talking about anybody, we're talking about God, we're talking about the creator of the universe, we're talking about the alpha, the beginning, the omega, the end, that it all starts with him, it all ends with him. And so it doesn't start with us where the pattern of the world may look a little bit different, but it starts with God. And the truth is, is that there are going to be some of you guys in here that that's just not a reality for you, that I understand that you come in and you come to church and I'm glad that you're here and you don't believe in God and Jesus. You don't, you don't full, you haven't accepted who he is yet in your life. And I'm excited that you're here tonight because this conversation is for you. And if you said yes to Jesus and, and you have been like, I'm figuring out how can I live my life with Jesus at the front, but it's hard. There is so much going on in my life that it is hard to put Jesus at the front and say, I'm going to do everything through the filter of him. Does he know what's going on in the world right now? There's other things that are more important. Well, this conversation is also for you too. 
And so in our life, we're going to ask ourselves things like, you know, where did I come from? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? And I loved hearing Mike's baptism story where he said that, that I thought my purpose was in, in life was just to do good things and be a nice guy, and that's going to get me to heaven. But God has a different plan. God has more for you. God has something else in mind. He is, he is a God who loves you deeply, and he wants you to be restored. The world would come and bring you and have you broken so that the world could exploit you, so that the world could take what is useful in you and take it for its own. That's who Satan is. That's what he wants for you. He wants the best out of you, and he wants to take it for himself. But God, who loves you so deeply that he would send his son to die on a cross, he loves you so deeply that he says, I want to take you through this. I want to be with you everywhere you go. That's why this pattern exists. And so we're going to look at the story of Joseph tonight in the Old Testament and I believe that his story is going to help us learn how to achieve or how to start out in God's best pattern for our life. So his, his story is found in the very first book of the Bible, of Genesis. And some of the pieces of this story you've probably heard before, but we're going to put it uh, together a little bit. So just a summary of who Joseph is. Joseph, at age 17, he had a dream. And it was, you know, it's not like I just have a dream. You know, you guys have dreams all the time. But this was a big dream because his dreams came true. Um, some of you may think you have that power. Um, if so, lottery's coming up pretty soon. Make that happen because, you know, give me 10%. That's all I'm asking. But Jacob had a dream, and Jacob uh, would gain notoriety because of this ability that God gave him. But Jacob's, uh, or Joseph's lineage kind of was given to him through his father, Jacob, and through his, his, grand, his grandfather, Isaac, and his great-grandfather, Abraham. He was a man of great influence because his father had great influence. You may know those people who have very powerful parents or very rich parents, and somehow like, it seems like that student or maybe that's you or a friend of yours, they seem to have influence just because of who their family is. Well, that's who, that's who Joseph was. And so Joseph also had many brothers. He had a big family, and they would eventually become the 12 tribes of Israel. But at age 17, Joseph was his dad's favorite. Um, who in here has a sibling, has a brother or sister? Um, if you're the favorite, keep your hand up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think that might be open for debate for later. But so, so despite our illusions of grandeur or our delusions of grandeur, Joseph was his dad's favorite. And he gave him gifts. He gave him the, uh, the, the coat of many colors, as you've probably established before or heard before in the story of Joseph. But here's the thing that Joseph did that we all know is kind of the bad thing, is when you're the favorite, you let others know that you're the favorite. And so Joseph made it worse, made his plight worse of his brothers already knowing that he's the favorite by telling them Listen, guys, I know I'm the favorite. And in fact, I had a dream where I'm standing and you guys are kneeling. So the next time you go home to your brother or sister, try that. Hey, I had a dream where I'm standing and y'all are just bowing in front of me. It's not going to go well for you. But that's, 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 this, that's this dream that Joseph has. And he tells it to his brothers. And obviously, you know, his brother's... Uh, did not like that very much. 
But what happens next is something a little radical that I'm just going to trust none of you all are going to do. So his brothers take Joseph and they find a pit, a hole, a big cavern in the road and they throw him into it. They just take their brother and they throw him into a pit. So Joseph, who is having these dreams, who is, who is seeing his own success and is telling others about, wait till you see my success, the next thing he knows is he's sitting in a pit. And what happens next is that his brothers took his coat, they took his most prized possession, they ripped it off him, they tore it up, and they, they dipped it in ram's blood, and then they took it back to their father and said, hey, Joseph's dead. That's just, you know, you need to forget about him. Your favorite is no longer here. Um, like, let's, let's move on from this. When in, when in turn, what they actually did is they sold him into slavery. And so when no one came to rescue the brother, Joseph, who's in this pit, he gets sold into slavery and all of his brothers lie to their father, telling him that, that, that he is dead, that Joseph is dead. So I would ask you this question. Has anything ever happened in your life where you ask God, why is this happening? Why is this happening, whether it's to me? Why is this happening to my family? Why is this happening in this moment? What did I do to deserve this? That's a way that I used to always ask it, like always victimizing myself. Why, why is God doing this to me? And maybe you're not having your family sell you into slavery or your family put you into a pit hoping that you would die. I hope not anyway. If so, I'd like to talk to you afterwards. <laughs> Um, and maybe that's not happening, but it does ask, make you ask that question, what is God doing? What is his plan? Because right now it seems like I'm left out in the dark. And I've had many times in my life where I've asked that. I've, I've had these visions of who I was supposed to be. Like coming right out of college, I'm like, this is, this is my degree. This is the job I'm going to go into. This is what I'm going to do. Can't find a job. Okay, well, God, I grew up singing, I grew up playing guitar, I grew up being a musician. Well, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to go places where they're going to pay me to play, a mu to, to play music. If you play music, you know that there's very few people that will actually pay you to play music. And so I tried to go and do all of these things. And when I was in high school, I played football, and I was pretty good. And I played on a really good team. And I had some schools that were like, hey, you should come play for us. And I know what you're thinking, like, this guy, why is he can't play football? I can hit people really hard. It felt good. But, you know, I got that out of, that's out of my system. But I had all these dreams for what my life was supposed to be. And what I realized is that this was me trying to accomplish this on my own. This was me saying if I only practiced enough or if I only studied enough or if I only played, played enough or if I said yes to enough things, if I tried to be in the right place at the right time, then God's going to bless that and that's going to be where I become successful. That's going to be where Travis becomes famous, where you know me because I did something. And so Joseph learned the same way I did. He learned an important lessons of life that if you try and run the pattern that the world would have for you, if you try and say, this is who I'm supposed to be, watch me accomplish it. Wait till you see what I've done. Look at these things that I've accumulated or I've gotten for myself. Then the world has a funny place of right-sizing that. And God has a different plan for you. And it's not that God is saying that you are supposed to be poor, that you are supposed to be this type of person, that you are not supposed to have blessing in your life. But God's saying that unless you take me with you, 
you're going to realize that it's a lot harder than you think. And so we look at the next blank that is on um, your notes tonight is that God's power is when self-reliance turns to God-reliance. And that's winning dependence. That's what this home plate is. It's depending on God. It's making God, God's purpose for you your purpose for you. And so let me, let, me just, let me just go here to just show you really quickly the way this differs from how the world, the world's pattern would look. Now, the world wants you to start, you have to start at home, but the world would say that here is where the most things matter. That, that, your, that your wealth, that what you do, your results, like the things, like your grades or your touchdowns or your home runs or your scores, anything like this, these are the things that are most important. And if you do those, then the good things will follow. But how many times have you heard a story of a person who had everything that they could have ever wanted, yet they were broken, yet they weren't fulfilled, yet they, they, they realized that they had, they had tried and asked for the wrong things and achieved the wrong things, and then they go searching for themselves. Because God's pattern starts with him. It starts with him, him being where your dependence is found. And if you can take your dependence and you can rely on God and you can make him your purpose, and then you take him into your character, you take him into who you are, into who you are on, in the quiet times and who you are outside of people and the things that you do when no one's looking. If you can take him into that, then you can take him into your friend group. And if you can take him into your friend group and you can surround yourself with the people who will build you up and not tear you down, the people that will be on, in front of you and not behind you with a knife, those people, and then you can take that and you can take God's power and God alongside with you when it comes to your results, when it comes to when you're doing something that, that you want to say, look, look at the things that I've achieved. If I've got God's power in that, how much more will I see than if I tried to do it on my own? And so Joseph had to realize that his plan was not the best one, that his plan of, of achieving and his plan of telling people, hey, listen, you wait till you see what I'm going to do. Wait till you see what I've done. You should see how good I am. It's Ron Burgundy. Come see how good I look. It's, that's the plan of the world where Joseph is finding out the hard way. And so he's realizing that his plan was not the best one and it was God's plan and God's provision that would then take him to his best life. His story is a story of redemption as all of ours, as all of ours can be and all of ours should be. So he, he started out trying to be the God of his own life. He started out trying to be the king of his domain, of being the one at the top of his hierarchy when he had to learn to win dependence, not to depend on his own self. And the Bible even says in this in John 15, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So for the first half of his life, Joseph looked to his own strength. He looked to his own power. He looked to his own abilities. He looked to what he was maybe, maybe his lineage, like what his parents did. He tried to take that and, and be someone from that. And what he realized is that it failed him, is that he could not, he could not sustain that life on his, on, on his own. And so God's best life for Joseph is the same as God's best life for us. It's that we 
would rely on him, that we would depend on him, that everything we do, like at home plate, would start with him and it would end with him. So Jesus must be the core. That's what this verse is saying, that he is the vine, we are the branches. Our power source, our life comes from him. That if, if the branch falls off of the tree, it will die because it's lost its life-giving power. And so in life, we all have to ask questions of where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? What am I going to do? And so when we choose to live our lives by God's, God's pattern, the answers to those questions become much more clear. You know, we can start with this one. What is my purpose? I'm sure that's a question you've asked yourself. It's a question I ask myself often. Why am, what, what is my purpose in life? What am I supposed to be doing? If you're a senior, you're probably getting ready to ask yourself this, or you already have. If you can talk to yourself in four years when you're supposed to be getting out of college, you'll probably ask yourself the same thing. It's okay, super seniors, I did it, it, it happens. Five years, I wasn't a doctor, but I went for five years. So God's purpose, which is your last blank, your next blank, is simply this, to know him and make him known. That's where it starts. That's where God's pattern for life starts, is just simply knowing him. Because I guarantee that if you know who God is, that power that conquered the grave, that power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power that removed sin from the world, that takes it out of us and casts it as far as the east is from the west, that power is the power that you can take with you as you try and run this pattern of life. That when we connect to our creator at home plate, we are living out God's purpose that's designed for us because everything starts and ends with him. And so I actually had another story that I kind of wanted to share about this, but you know, sometimes Facebook takes over or social media takes over. And I actually found this video that works really well for this. So I, wanna, I want you to listen in to this guy. I think he like played football at Florida a few years ago. Listen to him talking about this same, this same idea. Watch this. Walk down a red carpet, you know, that's, that can be life-changing for people. And so to be able to be part of that and see that and now be able to take that mindset to a field because so much of handling sports is handling pressure. Well, what pressure do you have if you're 0 for 12 and you're at the plate versus someone that is fighting for their life versus someone that, you know, we picked up on the side of the street in Haiti because they're crippled or they're not wanted or they're thrown in the garbage? Like, how do you compare those things? And for me, it's, it's, there's, there's not a comparison. And that's why you're able to handle sports as a game because it still is. Yeah, we can pursue it. We can give so much of our time, energy, and effort to it. But at the end of the day, I know that's not why I'm here. It's not my biggest purpose. It's not my biggest calling. It's not when I want to be. It's not how I want to be known in my life. It's not as a football player, as a baseball player, as you know, someone that you know worked hard to accomplish those things. I want my life to be so much more than that. I want to be someone that was known for bringing faith, hope, and love to those needing a brighter day in their darkest hour of need. And that is something that is a life calling for me. And so it's so much bigger than sports. But I am so grateful for sports because it's given me a platform to be able to share and love and care for people all over the world. So I wouldn't trade that for anything. <laughs> See, I, I, I loved something that he said in that. And um, 
He said that my purpose is, is, is not to be known, it's to make him known. It's to spread faith, hope, and love to those who need it in their darkest time. Like, God has a bigger purpose for you. And there, there are things that you've got in your life that are, that are stunting what you can do because you're not letting God take his rightful place. And for the longest time when I was growing up, I found it in the things that I did. I found it in school. I found it in sports. I found it in music. I found it in relationships. That's where I found my identity. So when that I wanted those things to flourish, I was trying to do this on my own. And I realized that I only have so much power in myself. Like, I, I, I can't do everything that I think I want to do. My life is not a career mode of 2K17. Like, I can't be everything that I want to be. I can't do it myself. And so, if God's offering me a way that I can know him and I can take the power that he has and I can insert that into every place that I go by depending on him, by going to him, by being in community with him, by talking to him, by praying, by spending time with him, this is the God of the universe. This is not a guy down the street. This is not you in your own human self. Because you'll realize if you try and accomplish things on your own, your body can fail you. Your intelligence can fail you. Your health can fail you. That if you try and accomplish and be who you think you're supposed to be, and you say, no, nah, I don't need God, I can do this alone. You're not running the life that, you're not running in the pattern of life that God would have for you. And I guarantee you that his pattern, it, it, it's, it's way better than the pattern that you could accomplish by yourself. And so the Bible says, says this in Matthew. It says, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and, give, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So what Tebow said, that I'm not here to be known, I'm here to make him known. That that is my goal, that is my dependence, that is home plate. That everything I do is to make God known. That he has offered me, he has given me a way to have a full life. All I have to do is depend on him more. To make him known. To make him known by my actions, to make him known by the person I am. Make him known by my interactions with other people. Make him, make him known even in the quiet times when I'm alone. Like what I choose to do by myself. What I choose to do uh, late at night. What I choose to do early in the morning. And it is get up, it's not sleep in. But even those choices, those choices show who is the king of your life? Who is the thing that takes, who is the person that takes the most priority? Is it you? Is it the things that you're going to do by yourself? Or is it God who can do so, so, so much more? And so when we look back at Joseph, at the end of his life of slavery, he accomplishes a lot. And he had a chance confronted with his family confronted with his brothers where 
you know, the human side of me says, you need to get revenge. They wanted to kill you. They might as well have said that you are dead. You are dead to us. And so Joseph was given the opportunity for revenge, but what he did is he had mercy on his family. As a matter of fact, what he said is in Genesis 50. It says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is being done, the saving of many lives. So Joseph, his life changed. The side of him that would say, look who I'm going to be. Look who I am. You should respect me. You should know that I'm going to do something incredible. If you don't believe me, then you'll pay. You'll see. You'll see what happens when I'm famous, when I'm rich, when I'm this person, and you're not. I'm going to come and I'm going to bring it back to you at our 15-year reunion. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. But he had all the opportunity to do that. But he said, you know what? God's plan was bigger. God's life had something bigger for me. And when I chose to say yes to that, I started seeing the truth. The only way that Joseph was able to see that all that God had intended for him was when he won dependence and when he trusted God and he knew that God was working behind the scenes for his good. The truth is that God always has our best interests in mind, even when it doesn't seem like it. Sometimes you just have to trust. Sometimes you just have to depend it's easy when things get hard to say, God's forsaken me. And when you spend a season where it doesn't seem like praying is easy and reading the Bible is easy and you don't hear any prompts from him, and that's, that's okay. But trust that he's there. Depend on him that he's there. There's many stories that, of, of people in the Bible who have gone through times where it seemed like they had been forsaken. But the truth is, is that God's plan is bigger than that moment. And we can't look on the scale of God. We can't know what his timeline is. But I guarantee you that if you put your dependence and put your trust in him and put him first, that his best interest is for you. It's not against you. And so how do we take this into action? It's simply that, that thought, that bottom line is connect with your creator. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe that's something foreign to you and you feel like, I don't know, I've never prayed. I don't know how to do that. It starts with just a minute of a conversation. God, I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but thank you for giving me today. Would you be with me as I go and do the things that I do today and remind me how good you are? There you go, you just prayed. Maybe it comes with, reading your Bible. And what we're actually going to do at the, uh, starting tomorrow, you're gonna find, we're going to have a seven-day Bible plan on social media for you to be able to go and start this and win your dependence and put your dependence on him. But as we, as we close and as the band um, comes up and you know, we're just going to... I have a little bit of a conversation that I want to ask. And, and this comes with... This comes with how our story looks with, uh, uh, as compared to Joseph's. And if you have your bulletin with you, you'll notice that there's a tear-off and there's nothing written on it. And that's for a purpose. That's not for an accident. So what I'm going to ask you to do as I kind of walk through this is I'm going to have everyone take your bulletin right now. Everybody hold it up so you have it. And just so we know it's not awkward, go ahead and all rip it at the same time. 
Okay, that was more awkward than I thought it was going to be. So, hey, guys. I want to I offer this moment to you. And this is not a moment that I've created for you. This is not a moment that we've created for you. This is a moment that God has for you. That there are things that if you're going to be honest with yourself that you have put before God. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's the quest for grades, whether it's the school that you want to get in, that you know you're supposed to get in, the thing that will define your identity, that accomplishment that is going to make you known, there are things in your life that you've put in front of God and you're realizing that you can't do it alone. And so, just like Joseph had to learn the hard way, we all have those moments. We all have those moments of, man, I, I, wish, I wish I would have known the other way at the beginning. But just like baseball, there are fresh starts. And in God, there are fresh starts. So what I'm going to have you do is, everyone, go ahead and bow your heads. And so we're going to pray, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk to two different groups of people in this room as, we, as our heads are bowed, as our eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. And so this first group, are you guys are, you, you're someone who walks in here and says, man, I'm a Christian. I know who God is. I've said yes to him. I've signed this door. I've, I've, I've made God the king of my life. But do you know what? Actually, I've tried to do this thing by myself, and I realized that it's not working. I've tried to say that this is more important than my relationship God, with God. I've been forsaking the things that he would call me to so that I could accomplish this thing that would make myself known, that I would have this relationship that would, that would be with the person of my dreams, or I would, I would put this thing above who he is in my life. And so if that's you, I want you to be in this moment, and I just want you to ask God to reveal that thing. And for some of you, it's not very hard. Some of you are like, just let me write it. Just let me write it. I know what it is. I need to let, let this go and, and let God take over. But I want you to, in this moment, to sit and just, just pray and ask God to reveal that. And so while there's that group, there's also another group of, of those of you who just have never had to depend on God because you've just never said yes. You've never, you've never accepted that God has a better life for you. You've never said yes to his invitation to know him more. And so if that's you tonight, then I want to make a special invitation to you. That just like everything begins and ends at home plate, this door up here represents coming home. And so if you realize that, man, life has been too hard and I've tried to do it on myself, I need, I need to say yes to God. Jesus, would you help me? Would you help me to win dependence on you? God, would you be in my life so that I wouldn't have to do this alone, so that I could take your power into the facets of my life and so I don't end up broken, I don't end up hurt, I don't end up beaten and in a pit then when we, when we pray, I'm gonna ask something of you, of that second group. If, if, you, if God's prompting in you that, that, 
that this is where you win dependence on him. This is where you say yes to that. Then I'm gonna invite you down and I'm gonna have you sign the door. Coming home. Maybe this is your night. And for the rest of you, as soon as we're done praying, I want you to write that thing down that God's put on your heart. And then I want you to crumble it up. I want you to put it in your fist and I want you to walk up to this stage and I want you to lay it down. You are releasing that thing and giving it to God and saying, God, you are more important than this. God, you are bigger than this. I can't do this alone. Would you be in this for me? Would you help me through this?